Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. In just three years, rapper Lil Nas X has gone from Old Town Road to riding the stripper pole down to hell to give Satan a lap dance. And no, I am not joking. This is Rob Smith is problematic. If you are an American in the world, you had to have heard of the rapper Lil Nas X. He came out with this song about three years ago called Old Town Road, which is one of the biggest hits in music history. It's one of the biggest hits in American history. I believe that it is the biggest selling song of all time. This was a truly crossover song. This was, he did this with Billy Ray Cyrus. Country people liked it. Hip hop heads liked it. It was a mainstream pop success. This was the biggest song ever. And if you need to be reminded of it, listen to a clip of it. This is, this is old time. Take my horse through the old town road. I'm gone. Till I, can't no I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Everybody knows Old Town Road, right? So you know this song. You have heard this song. You've heard this song everywhere. Lil Nas X, after this song was released, was everywhere. Like it, it won Grammys, he sold millions of copies, all of that stuff. And around this time, Lil Nas X came out as gay. And that was a very interesting thing. This had never been done before. So you have this this young black male rapper that had this complete crossover smash hit. He came out as gay. And when I saw it, I was like, this is awesome. This is, you know, this guy's gay. He's a grown adult man. We've got a, a mainstream gay rapper. Maybe we'll just have a gay rapper that does pop songs and it'll be okay. You know, like this will be fun. This man released a children's book, right? This man was being promoted to kids. He won a Kids' Choice Awards, was at Nickelodeon, all of that stuff. There was a viral video of him going into, you know, this uh, elementary school and singing Old Town Road, like the kids flipped, right? So this is how big he was. (laughs) So Lil Nas X, just a couple of days ago, comes out with this new video. If you have not seen this video and you feel like it, just go to YouTube and look at this. But I'm going to describe for you exactly what is happening in this video and exactly what is going on here. So in this video, it, this is very, the video is very biblical, right? Um, it's very beautiful, very, very bright colors, all that stuff. Like Lil Nas X is in heaven and, and the snake comes along and, you know, he kisses another man or something like that. And then, you know, he's brought up to be judged by God or whatever. Lil Nas X makes the decision to literally just jump and go down into hell. And this is literally, he is riding a stripper pole down into hell where he proceeds to land on Satan's lap and give him a lap dance. And then he kills Satan at the end and takes the crown, and now he's the king of the heathens, right? So this is what's going on. So this is what you are getting from one of the biggest rappers, one of the biggest artists in the entertainment industry. So my take on this video was, and I gave my take on social media, if you follow me particularly um, on Facebook or Instagram, at Rob Smith Online. So I gave my take on the video. And... My take on this video and this imagery and and what this imagery is trying to promote to people, the first thing that I want to go into is I will speak to this as a gay man who is also somebody who identifies as Christian, as in I believe in God, I go to church, God is a big part of my life, I believe that, I believe that God loves me. It, it, It is sometimes a very controversial thing when I talk about my Christian faith as a gay man because I get it from all sides, right? So when I see this video and I see this imagery, I think of what this imagery is trying to tell gays and lesbians, right? Gay and lesbian teenagers, people that are that are Lil Nas X's, you know, primary fan base. 
And what the entertainment industry and, and what their agenda is, is they are using this stuff to turn these kids away from God. What it is trying to say to gay and lesbian youth is that Christians hate you. Christianity hates you. They say you're going to hell. These evil conservatives hate you. These evil Republicans hate you. They say that you're going to hell. So you may as well go to hell and have fun with us. Since these people hate you and since God hates you, you may as well go to hell and have fun and party with us. This is what this is trying to say to not only gay and lesbian youth and and, and impressionable gay and lesbian kids, but just, you know, kids in general. And this is the imagery that the entertainment industry uses to push this agenda onto people. And it's so funny having this conversation about what's going on in entertainment. And I talk to you guys about entertainment a lot. And, and in fact, every time I, I do a video or start talking about something cultural, you know, the views goes up, the numbers go up, the downloads go up, all that stuff, because I feel like there's not a lot of people in the right leaning space that are talking about culture and really breaking this stuff down in this way, because you know, if say, and, and you know, this is not to, to shade Fox News. I love Fox News. I'm on Fox News a lot. If, you know, Fox and Friends does a segment on Call Me By Your Name on, on this video and what's going on in this video, and it's a bunch of, you know, middle-aged white men, people are just going to be like, oh, they're old, out of touch, you know, they're tired, whatever. I'm still a young guy. Like, I know what's going on. I know what the deal is. And so when I'm telling you about this imagery, this is the idea that they are trying to promote. And I never thought that I would be one of those people. It's almost like that stereotype, like, oh, would somebody please think of the children? And this is how they stereotype conservatives, right? Um, you know, just um, out of touch and, and, and so stuck up and, and so stodgy and all of that other stuff, right? And so the message that this sends to kids, particularly gay and lesbian kids, is that God hates you, these Christians hate you, and you may as well go to hell, and you may as well do all of this stuff that we are promoting to you because this is all in tandem this all this stuff works together right when you have somebody like cardi b and megan the stallion doing wop at the grammys and we talked about that a couple weeks ago right these women are are basically like excuse my french but these women were basically um rubbing their vaginas together on stage on a global stage at the grammys right so this is what was happening and when we talk about all of this stuff the entertainment industry the way it stands right now, it is the biggest exporter of this imagery to people that are the most impressionable, to people that are the most vulnerable. And when I say people that are the most vulnerable, I'm talking about people that don't have a strong family structure. I'm talking about people that don't have parents in the home. I'm talking about people that don't have mentors, people that don't have role models in their day-to-day lives. This is who this imagery is for. And this is who this imagery is trying to push this agenda to, right? And that's scary to me because things in the industry, in terms of entertainment, in terms of what is promoted to us, the imagery, it has gone so far so fast. And this is a consequence of social media. This is a consequence of the social media generation that we live in. When I was a gay teenager trying to figure out who I was, there wasn't all of this stuff. So I had to figure out who I was for myself, and I was able to do it without the influence of all of this imagery and all of these people pushing all of these things that you were supposed to be.
And so that's what's going on here. So this is what this is all about. And so I put this on my social media and I did a, a like a smaller video for my social media. And the number one criticism that people like me and, and other conservatives that speak out about this stuff, if you missed the conversation I had with Kaya Jones about the entertainment industry and about the evils of it, it's in an earlier episode. Please do like download and listen to that. Kaya Jones was a pussycat doll. Pussycat dolls, you know, the international pop superstar group. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? buttons all of that stuff she did all of that and the stories that she tells about the entertainment industry and how sick it it really is made my skin crawl and and when she and i spoke about that privately i remember i didn't even sleep that night with the kind of things that she was telling me so the number one thing that people will say to, to try to you know make you seem crazy or make you seem out of touch or whatever it's like oh rob it's just a video Oh, it's just a video. Oh, it's a, you. It's too deep. It's not that deep. It's just a video. Look, when there are millions of dollars being pumped into something, and this imagery is there, and you have everything from creative directors to art directors to set dressers to directors to designers, all of this stuff has a meaning. All of this stuff has a purpose. Every single image that you watch in these videos has a meaning, has a purpose. So no, it is never just a video. This is something that they're obviously trying to push. And so the idea that they're trying to push, like I said, now I won't go so far as to say that they are literally trying to recruit devil worshipers. They want people to become Satanists and all that stuff. What I will say is that there's an active sort of anti-God agenda here. Because the thing about it is, if there wasn't an anti-God agenda here, and we're talking about this video, this video could have easily gone the complete other way. He could have easily created the image of God in the video and God saying that, you know, you're my child. And even though you are gay, I accept you no matter what, because I love you and God is love and Jesus is love and God loves everybody, right? But that never could have happened because that would have been a pro-God message. And you do not see pro-God messages coming from this industry. What you see is what I'm talking about in this video, which is basically Satanism. And now it is not just the video. Lil Nas X and his handlers and, and the people around him have released these special devil shoes. They're called Satan shoes. Literally, I am not making this stuff up. Nike has come out and said that they had nothing to do with this. I tend to believe them. What's going on is that he designed a limited edition of 666 shoes, right? 666, right? So these are black shoes with with uh, red liners, and they're they're said to have a drop of blood in them. There's a pentagram on them, all of that other stuff. And they say these limited edition shoes sell for a thousand dollars, whatever. These shoes sold out in minutes. They're gone, right? So this is what is going on here. So this is what is being pushed and, and what is being made money off of. And the thing about this is, is that this is not even about Lil Nas X. This is a kid, right? This kid is 22 years old, doesn't know the meaning behind what he is doing. He doesn't know what these handlers, what all of the people that are around him are trying to get out of him, like how they're trying to make money, all this stuff. He doesn't see that stuff. The only thing this kid sees is a check. And he's like, man, you know, I'm 22 years old. Like, let's do this. Let's shake it up. Let's get people talking. Let's get this money. Let's blah, blah, blah. So it's not about him. It is about the people around him that are using him to push and promote this agenda. 
when I've seen this evolution, because I follow Lil Nas X on Instagram, I like the music. I, you know, he's fun, right? He was he was just this fun guy. I thought that his he has a very very appealing, very youthful online Instagram presence. It's very funny, and I saw this presence change even before this video came out. Things just got darker. Things just got more sex, sex, sex. Just all of this stuff, and I knew. And when I saw it, I was just like. I hope, and even when Lil Nas X came out as gay, I was like, I hope that he has people around him that are going to keep him away from the LGBT cult. Because as soon as the LGBT cult gets their hooks in him, then he will be used to promote that agenda. Because he's rich, young, famous, and has a huge following. More people will see one tweet that Lil Nas X sends then we'll listen to this podcast in five years, right? I hope that these people do not get their hooks into him because if they get their hooks into him, he will be used to push their agenda. And their agenda is anti-God. Their agenda is pushing leftism. Their agenda is not even empowering and promoting gay and lesbian youth anymore because they don't even say gay and lesbian anymore because they're the the alphabet soup, the LGBTQ, trans kids, all that stuff. So that is what they're about, right? So they've got their hooks into this kid. They've got their hooks into, into Lil Nas X. And, and this is it, okay? Because when you put out something like this, you can't really go back to, I'm just going to make fun pop music for everybody. Or I'm going to have another children's book. Or, you know, I'm going to go to another another kindergarten and, you know, say old time run. Because, like, this is it. Okay? And so he's full on. This is just what he's doing now. And that. But the question is always, is it the job of media and entertainment and celebrities and all that to raise your children? It is absolutely not. It is absolutely not these entertainers' job to raise your children. The thing about it is, is like, like I said, things have gone so far, so fast with social media, it's almost impossible to keep younger people away from this stuff. There's somebody in the comment section of one of my Instagram posts, and they were just like, man, you know, it's hard to keep kids away from this stuff because I had a four-year-old nephew that knew a Drake song top to bottom. Like, he knew every lyric, you know? And so it is not these people's job to raise your kids, right? But the point that I'm trying to make is that it is not your kids that these people are trying to influence that these people are after, right? If you are an active and involved parent, it is the kids that do not have active and involved parents or older people or role models in their lives that are going to be looking at this stuff and thinking that this is what's up, this is what's cool, this is what we're supposed to do. And what is the end goal of all of this stuff? Is the end goal to, to, to make people devil worshipers? I don't necessarily think that's true. The end goal of all of this stuff is to drive people away from God. Period. It is easier to do this to gay and lesbian kids, to gay and lesbian youth, because they're already being bombarded with so many messages that say that Christians hate them, that um, God hates them, that Christianity is not for them, that all of this stuff is not for them. And look, and this is not to defend um, some of the more like far right people, because I get attacked by these guys all the time. I get attacked by um, people that are far right, quote unquote, evangelical Christians um, that tell me that, you know, I'm going to hell because I'm gay. 
They're telling me that I can't be a Republican or I can't be a conservative because I'm gay. Um, they're telling me that God doesn't love me because I'm gay. They're telling me all of these different things. And as a grown adult male in my 30s, I know that this is not the case. But to a lot of these kids out here that are being bombarded with this imagery, it is not the case to them. And when I talk about my faith, because my faith has a lot to do with what's going on with, with everything I'm talking about right now, is... I was pushed away from God for a very, very, very long time because of leftism, because of these messages, because I was the target mark for these messages as somebody that was impressionable, gay kid, young, family not around, all of that other stuff. And so you are meant to be pushed into all of that stuff and be pushed away from God. And so what I'm here to say, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know if there's any gay and lesbian teenagers listening to this. I don't know. But, and this is not even about Lil Nas X, like I said. God loves everybody. God loves you. God loves me. God loves everybody. And this imagery is being put out by this entertainment industry that has that is interested in only destruction. This industry is only interested in shock value, destruction, and driving people away from God. And this is where leftism comes in, and this is where Democrats and the left and all of that stuff, you see, to bring this all full circle, what you have to understand with leftism, with Democrats, with far left, with all of this stuff, is that the politics are supposed to be the religion. The politicians are supposed to be your disciples. This is what they want you to worship. So if they can push you away from God, then they will achieve their goals. And that is what this is all about. So this Lil Nas X video, this imagery, this lap dancing for Satan, this Satan shoes, these pentagrams, all of this stuff. And this is nothing new. This has been going on for decades. Look at, remember Kiss, remember all that imagery. Their end goal is to drive people away from God. Do not let the entertainment industry and do not let the people that they are using to push this agenda, like Lil Nas X, do not let these people push you away from God. Because God loves everybody and God is more important and more substantial and more worthwhile and more worth all of our time than all of this other stuff that the entertainment industry and leftists and Democrats try to push at us. And we should never, ever forget that because the devil is real and it is at work in that industry through this imagery. And don't ever forget that. Next up, the idea of COVID-19 vaccine passports is picking up steam, but will something like this expand your freedoms or take them away? We'll check that out after the break. COVID-19 passports are coming, folks, and big business wants the Biden administration to take charge whatever on earth could possibly go wrong. Now, this is something that has been bubbling under for quite some time. Now, New York State um, and New York City in, in, in particular have already sort of 
piloted um, this COVID-19 passport uh, program. They're, they're calling it the Excelsior Pass. And it's going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to get a QR code and you're going to be able to go to Madison Square Garden and do all of these different things. And, and, but don't worry, guys, because it's going to be perfectly safe. And, you know, and none of your private information is going to be out there at all. This is what, you know, this is what they want you to think. And so I'm going to read you a little bit. This is from a Fox Business article that is talking about, you know, these vaccine passports and how big business, literally big business cannot wait to get in bed with the Biden administration to to promote this. Along with private technology and travel companies, the Biden administration is working to develop credentials referred to as passports, health certificates, or travel passes showing proof of vaccination as individuals and businesses emerge from lockdown, the Washington Post reported. Airline and business groups have been lobbying the White House to take the lead in setting standards for health passes. They believe that would avoid a hodgepodge of regional credentials that could cause confusion among travelers and prevent any single health certificate from being widely accepted. Now, according to the Washington Post, again, the administration's efforts are housed in offices of health and human services with the White House this month, quote, taking a bigger role coordinating government agencies involved in the work. Our role, said their coronavirus coordinator, Jeff Zinks, is to help ensure that any solutions in this area should be simple, free, open source, accessible to people both digitally and on paper, and designed from the start to protect people's privacy. Now, this is what this guy said in March 12th briefing. Now, does anyone see anything wrong at all, at all wrong with this? Well, I do. I actually do. There is a lot wrong with this. And I will start by saying that the idea that as an American, that I am going to need a passport that says that I have been vaccinated in order to go to a concert, in order to go wherever, like who knows now, is a joke. It's un-American and it's infringing on my freedoms as an American because like, I have to tell you guys, and I'm going to tell you about my COVID-19 experience, right? I had COVID-19. I'm a young, healthy dude. I work out six days a week. I eat clean. I eat healthy. I was over COVID in 72 hours. Why on earth would I want to put something that is not proven? We do not know what these long-term side effects are, right? Why would I want to put something in my body to which I do not know what the long-term side effects are so that I can avoid catching something that I've already had, already conquered, and I already have the antibodies for? Why on earth would I do that? This is why I do not want to take the vaccine. And what I hate about the way this conversation is being framed right now People that are skeptical about this vaccine, people that have questions about this vaccine, because do you guys remember when we were allowed to ask questions about things? Well, we're not allowed to ask questions anymore. Questions are verboten. We are not supposed to question our great leaders um, in the Biden administration. We are just supposed to sit down, shut up and do exactly what they want us to do. And what I hate about this conversation that's going on right now, and this is, you know, being led by our our wonderful corporate mainstream media, and I will get into them in the next segment, but it is framing skepticism about this vaccine. It is framing anybody's 
skittishness or, or desire not to take this vaccine as quote unquote being an anti-vaxxer, right? And so when we talk about anti-vaxxers, we talk about um, the you know the parents that don't want their their kids to take you know measles, mumps, and rubella, rubella vaccine and stuff like that, like things that have long since been proven. And and people generally look at anti-vaxxers as as sort of like crazy lunatics, whatever. But now. And this is what the left does. I tell you guys all the time about how they control language and how they shift language that now, if you have any sort of skepticism about this vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer. You are one of the bad people because only the bad people have questions now. There's a woman, her name is Naomi Wolf, who is a liberal, by the way. She's a liberal. I've exposed you guys to some of her, her thinking on this stuff before in this show. But I want you to listen to what she had to say about the idea of a vaccine passport on um, The Next Revolution with Steve Hilton on Fox News. You're exactly right, Steve, to mention China. I mean, how do you keep a billion people under the thumb of a totalitarian regime that CCP can find any dis dissident within five minutes, and that can happen here literally within months. Um, how do we fight it? Well, that's a longer conversation, but I've launched uh, on my own platform a kind of freedom movement for left and right to come together to run people mm. for state senate, to run people against tyrannical governors like Gavin Newsom, my own governor, Cuomo, who's rolling out this tyrannical pass, you know, under emergency powers um, and to to really unite to, to take back our Constitution. But we have to bring lawsuits and there have to be investigations. I mean, this violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. It violates HIPAA. It violates the First Amendment. It violates the Fourth Amendment. And we have to call up an army of lawyers and fund them to, you know, bring every lawsuit. Okay. She is absolutely right about this. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been really sensing this lately, if you've been sensing my frustration with the way all of our conversations in this country about things that really matter, things like, you know, freedoms, things like, you know, our, our privacy, things like protecting ourselves from government overreach. Uh, and my frustration as of late is that these things have all been sort of confined to this left-right binary. So if you are somebody that is questioning this vaccine or if you're somebody that is questioning the idea of vaccine passports, you're one of those bad conservatives, right? You're one of those bad Republicans. We all know that these people are bad. They ask too many questions and, you know, uh, they're just crazy. They're just anti-vaxxers or whatever. And so what I love about what Naomi said is that eventually, guys, left and right are going to have to come together and figure out where we stand on some very basic fundamental things in terms of how we run this country. And I feel like this is one of those things. It cannot just be voices on the right that are talking about how dangerous this is to our personal liberties and talking about how dangerous this is in a violation of all the laws that she was talking about. It cannot just be voices on the right. But the unfortunate thing about liberalism and the unfortunate thing about people on the left right now is that they have been cowed into silence because they are weak. These people do not want to rock the boat. These people do not want to put themselves out to be dragged through the mud by, you know, the blue check mafia on Twitter or the Twitter mobs or whatever. And so people are staying silent about some very fundamental things. Everybody isn't strong enough to take the heat that comes when you say things that are deeply unpopular. And I would, I never thought that I would say 
that something like this will be unpopular. But I am telling you that this conversation is going to be framed as left versus right. Just like all of the conversations when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic after the past year. Look at this stuff. Just look at what has happened over the past year. We have had tyrannical governors locking down businesses, basically deciding um, in lockstep with big business and big corporations, by the way, what is essential and what is not essential. We have had government leaders on both sides of the aisle, mind you, say that the rules apply to the little people, but not to me. So I'm not even going to follow them. And the most unfortunate thing about all of this stuff over the past year and a half is that this has been framed as a left versus right debate when it is, was, and has always been freedom versus tyranny. That's it. That is the conversation. And it saddens me to see what has happened to the left and to liberals. This stuff saddens me because it's almost like they've lost all of their fight and they're literally just rolling over to corporations. As long as the celebrities tell them that the corporations are good, as long as the corporations are engaging in all of these buzzwords, as long as they know that Cuomo's not a Republican, that he's a Democrat, they will roll over to all of this stuff. And this stuff is fundamentally dangerous. And I'm going to leave you with this. If you pick your battles in terms of the most fundamental things that are important to us as Americans, to our society, if you pick those battles based on right versus left, you're going to lose every single time. And this is what we have seen happen over the past year with the entire coronavirus pandemic, with these leaders trying to consolidate their power even more by pushing this idea of a coronavirus vaccine that you will need as a free American to what? Go to concerts? To travel throughout America? To travel to different cities? This is insanity. This is 1984-level stuff. But people are accepting this because they don't want to be like the bad people. So my advice to all of you guys is to be bad. Question everything but especially question the idea of a government-sponsored functioning passport that you're going to need for you to be able to live your life as a free American in the USA. Next up, Glenn Greenwald, my favorite liberal, by the way, has made the corporate media blue check gatekeeper brigade on social media big mad because he's right on target. I'm going to tell you what he did and who he's making angry after the break. problematic so you know i have a confession to make i have a confession to make there are some liberals that i like there are some liberals that i follow if you've been listening you know that i like and respect liberals that actually have principles that are not hacks i do believe that glenn greenwald is one of these liberals he's a liberal that i like if you don't know who glenn greenwald is he is a, a fairly, fairly legendary journalist who won a Pulitzer Prize um, it, it, for his reporting on the whole Edward Snowden situation. It, it, what, it is what blew him up. He founded a website called The Intercept, which he just left because it got taken over by Wolf. So it was this whole thing. But anyway, so Glenn Greenwald right now is, is being dragged all over the Internet by the corporate media blue check brigade. Um, and all of their lackeys on Twitter because he's basically 
calling out big journalism and how they use the platform of journalism to go after their political enemies, okay? And so I'm gonna give you a little background on this, but I want you to listen to exactly what he had to say about this. Now, the story in question right now is there was a USA Today um, journalist, a, a reporter, that got her first byline. This is a This is a young girl. And so she gets her first byline on this story. And the story in question is basically about how there are some people that are facing legal charges that were at the Capitol on January 6th that are getting the book thrown at them legally that are now crowdfunding for their legal defense, right? And so this is the USA Today article. This is what he tweeted. And I'm going to tell you this is what's going on with him. So basically, this 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 young girl, her name is Brenna T. Smith, and she tweets, My first story with USA Today. Defendants in the January 6th Capitol riot continue to crowdfund their legal fees online using popular payment processors despite a growing crackdown from tech companies, right? And so when you read this story and you get into this story, and I want to I read you a little bit of it because I really want you to understand what is happening here. And I want you to understand what this reporter is doing, um, you know, under the guise of journalism, under the guise of, of you know, getting to the truth, uh, blah, blah, blah. Defendants accused in the Capitol riot January 6th crowdfund their legal fees online using popular payment processors in an expanding network of fundraising platforms despite a crackdown by tech companies. The Capitol riot extremists and others are engaging these companies in a game of cat and mouse as they spring from one fundraising tool to another, utilizing new sites, usernames, and accounts. In one case, a crowdfunding website set up in late 2020 has been adopted by a defendant charged with storming the Capitol who used it to raise almost $180,000. He was one of eight fundraisers on the site as of last week, and his donations accounted for 84% of the money raised on the platform. Now... When this writer goes into deeper into this article, you know, she now names the platform. It's not GoFundMe, mind you, because GoFundMe has caved to the pressure, right? So this is what happens to, this is what happens. So the woke internet, and you've seen this with with uh, with Twitter mobs when they go out there, corporations that have them apologize. And even on the Michael Knowles show, uh, they had Harry's Razors pull out like one follower with six followers or one a Twitter user with six followers was like, oh, Harry, this person, um, you know, pushes out hate, whatever, gets gets Harry's to drop advertising on the Michael Noah show. So this is what they do, right? And they have already since put enough pressure on GoFundMe to where GoFundMe will drop these things. So now there's a website called Gibson Go, which builds itself as the number one free Christian crowdfunding site. Um, and this is what she writes, became a refuge for insurrectionists hoping to raise a buck, right? And so you have to understand the way in which journalism in this media is being used by this young girl who probably doesn't even realize what she's doing, or maybe she does, because these are not journalists anymore. These are activists, right? And so in order, by writing this article, what she wants to do is she wants to shed light on these sites, what they want to do is they want to generate enough pressure on all of these sites to basically set shut down. So they, they want to shut the site down or they want to shut they they want to make it harder for the people to actually crowdfund on these sites. 
And Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald sees through this game. He gets it. He knows exactly what is going on. And this is, this is what he wrote. Congratulations on using your new journalistic platform to try to pressure tech companies to terminate the ability of impoverished criminal defendants to raise money for their legal defense from online donations. You're well on your way upward in this industry for sure. And for this, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald has been dragged all across the internet. You can just pretty much guess what he has been called. He has been called a bully, a misogynist, a racist, all of these different things. The point Glenn Greenwald is making here when it comes to this scathing critique of our corporate media is that in the journalists is that they use these platforms to engage in activist work in their minds. And you have to realize how all of this stuff works in tandem. So now we have had the capital, the capital riot on January 6th. We have smeared all of these people that had anything to do with it, with, with being in DC on capital six. These were all racists, insurrectionists, white supremacists, Nazis, MAGA people, Trump's wars, whatever, right? And so now over the past, what, this was this was almost three months ago. So we have completely smeared all of the people that were in D.C. on January 6th as these awful people. And so now that we have smeared them as these awful people, the corporate media industry now has to make sure that they don't even give a right, get a right to defend themselves because they're the bad, evil people, remember? And this stuff is dangerous. And what is more dangerous and more scary is that these are people that are tools of some of the most powerful corporations in the world. And this is what they do. And this is another thing that Glenn Greenwald very astutely pointed out. They put this young girl as the face of this. You know, she tweets it out, whatever. And so as soon as she is criticized, all of a sudden, Glenn Greenwald is a big bully and you can't bully these people. And, oh, this is just some poor defenseless little journalist that is just doing her job. Bullshit. These are grown adults that know exactly what they're doing. And when you are a grown adult and you put yourself out in the public, you have to take the criticism that comes along with that. So what corporate media would like to do right now is they would like to squash any criticism of them. This is the plan. This is the goal. And this is what is going on with the corporate mainstream media right now. And this is what they're doing. They're engaging in activist work. They have these young, and I know of what I speak because I have a master's degree in journalism from Columbia Universities, Columbia University. These kids are either left or far left, right? Because these are not conservatives at all, not in any of the main newspapers. There is a reason why we need conservative media, because anything that is not explicitly conservative will be taken over by leftists and leftism, right? So USA Today, The New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, all of these places are completely staffed by people who are either, either left or far left. And so they get these kids that are left or far left, and they pay them peanuts to be able to promote agendas like this. And I would bet dollars to donuts that this is something that 
the higher ups wanted to see. They sent her out to report the story, mind you, or maybe she just thought that it was an interesting idea because this falls in line with where her politics are. You see, she doesn't want any of the evil MAGA people or these evil Nazis or these evil insurrectionists or whatever you know they've been smeared at. She doesn't want them to be able to crowdfund for their legal fees. They don't even want the platforms to be able to exist to help conservatives, to help the Nazis, the white supremacists, the bad people, right? The people that are guilty of wrong things, the people that don't think in ways that are approved by the corporate mainstream media, because if they did, there's no way that they would have ever been at the Capitol or in D.C. on January 6th in general. So the idea is to use all of the power in the reach of the corporate mainstream media to crush these people so that they cannot pay, pay their lawyer fees, so that their lives are ruined, so that they are destroyed and ground into dust because they voted for Donald Trump. Therefore, they are evil. Therefore, they deserve to have their lives ruined. They don't deserve a platform to have their legal fees paid for. No. Take out a second mortgage. Take out a loan. Financially ruin yourself to be able to pay your lawyer fees or just go ahead and go to jail because that is what you deserve. Evil Nazi white supremacist terrorist insurrectionist person that is guilty of wrong thing. And that is what this stuff is all about. So you have to realize in everything that we have talked about today, and this is all in tandem. I used to think that people that said things like the things that I have been saying to you for about the past hour or 45 minutes or however long, I used to think that these people were insane. I used to think that there was no way that this stuff could possibly be real. But you know what happens? You get a degree from Columbia. You become a quote-unquote journalist. You work in the industry. You work in the field. You get out of it. You do corporate media stuff. You know how this stuff works. You know that these stories do not come from the bottom. They come from the top. And if this stuff is coming from the top, there is an agenda behind it. Just like there is with the entertainment industry. Just like there is with the corporate media using this this poor, clueless, young, dumb girl to promote that agenda. And this is why Glenn Greenwald gets in trouble because he realizes exactly what it is. is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who refuses to play the game of mainstream corporate media. And I'm sure that they threw millions at him to go right along with it. And he decided not to do it because he has his principles. And that's why I said, guys, I like, there are some liberals I like. And Glenn Greenwald, by the way, loathes Trump, can't stand him, hated Trump's guts. But the principles stand because he realizes that even no matter what he thinks about these people that are being charged with whatever they're talking about, just because they were at the Capitol, whatever they did, he realizes that using journalism and using the corporate media industry to influence what companies do to try to ruin the lives of private citizens for the most part is wrong. It is morally repugnant. It is the definition of selling out. And there are so many people that 
get their their sense of self-worth or their sense of importance in this world from whatever and especially these journalists these blue check marks from whatever mainstream corporate entity that they're being paid peanuts to carry water for today maybe today it's uh the new york times maybe tomorrow it's cnn maybe tomorrow it's msnbc like maybe it's abc news maybe it's cbs doesn't matter it's all the same crap and this is why these people work so hard to suppress independent media this is why these people work so hard to suppress mainstream voices and when you think and you look at this holistically when you look at this overall from a bird's eye view the media has become weaponized and the attack against Fox news and, and Tucker Carlson and those types that has literally been going on for the past 30 years. When you see that stuff coming from CNN or the New York times or whatever, this isn't about, you know, their idea that Fox is, is fake news. They know that, that they know that um, outside of the opinion shows Fox news is pretty straight down the line. They know that even though it's from a conservative perspective, they want to eliminate a competitor because you know why? Because that is one outlet. And when you, you know, trickle down to the bright parts of the world and independent journalists like me and, and all of these other people, people that cannot be used to promote a corporate mainstream media agenda are dangerous to them. That is why Glenn, Glenn Greenwald got in trouble with, you know, the blue check mark brigade on Twitter because he refuses to play the corporate mainstream media game. And you should too. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.